Hello everybody, and welcome to Overwatch Now, your one-stop shop for all things Overwatch in the current day. I am one of your hosts here on this wonderful program, Dylan the Dude, and joining me as always is my talented and knowledgeable uh, co-host here. Well, talented maybe, knowledgeable, I'm not so sure about not about that, but regardless, it is me, it's Music Man, what is up everybody? You are extensively talented at throwing, trust me, I know. Anyway, that's why I did, that's why I, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Throw? I know. Anyway. No, not throw. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you for joining us here on Overwatch Now, a part of the Dude Media Network, uh, over at Dude Media Network, with other shows like Breaking the Lore, uh, currently airing with a couple of shows still on the way, pushed back a little bit by some of the COVID-19 stuff, uh, recording for a couple of the other shows that have yet to be announced. Uh, the production is on its way. It's just slow moving at this point due to uh, lots of stuff going on. But stay tuned to Dude Media on Twitter uh, or myself in music, and we will probably let you know as things develop. So without further ado, um, I'm back. Uh, I missed last week's show here due to uh, my other broadcasting duties and other um, quote-unquote um, unfortunate uh, situations uh, affecting my recording space. So I am back this week, and uh, boy, do I have a lot to say this week, music. <laughs> yeah, so normally we start off the show with patch notes for those of you that this is your first time watching us, which if it is, I highly recommend going back to episode one because that's when everything just starts up. But um, yeah, this patch notes, we really have only bug fixes. Like, we didn't get anything major happening to Overwatch. Yeah, really nothing big outside of, you know, last week was the release of the new hero. Um, and it was really the first time that we got to see a lot of Echo play. Not in Owl, but in, you know, your comp games and your scrims and whatnot. Um, although, although, to be fair, there was a community tur- tournament with Echo being forced to play by everybody that has a team there. And uh, yeah, just real quick, congratulations to Test Team 1 for winning that tournament, which included some pretty notable names like Jake, like Dante, like Fran Yada. So congratulations to the, uh, them, and yeah, hopefully we'll see more Tier 3 community tournaments. Support com- Tier 2 and Tier 3. I completely forgot that um, Dante and Fran were dating. I believe that's right, right? Yes, that is right. Yes, okay, I completely forgot that um, <laughs> for a while since uh, Houston and uh, Atlanta, you know, they're on different technical contracted teams. So, you know, I, I just I just kind of forget that from time to time. However, Dante is contracted as a pro while Fran is contracted as a content creator for Atlanta. So I think it works out. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's not anything bad there. I mean, and uh, of course, a lot of Overwatch League players uh Q and ranked on their streams with members of other teams so it's not like you know you're forbidden from knowing or hanging out with the other players sometimes this is by complete accident (laughs) absolutely so if we're not going to talk about patch notes music what is the first thing that we're going to really dive into here well not the composition to start off because that is still easily countered by literally everything so why don't we go over some of the hero pools that have been released for this week. So Monday, the new hero pool got implemented after being revealed on Sunday. And we no longer have Arissa, we no longer have Moira, and we 
we no longer have Tracer, and to surprise everyone, we don't even have Echo in rotation this time around. So uh, that is something that I noticed that was weird. Um, is Echo actually banned? Because I thought um, the way that they did it was because this was Echo's... Because as far as I understand it now, Echo is allowed to be played an Owl this week? Um, no, Echo's not allowed to play an Owl because, you know, she's out of rotation. But what happened was that day one, they allowed Echo in all forms of competitive play, which I personally think is a mistake. But they did have the uh, the uh, Echo Showdown tournament this, that weekend. So I guess it works out. It gives people enough time to practice for the tournament in competitive environments, which did end up working out for the sake of the tournament. However, the biggest complaint that the community has is that Echo has only been out for a week and she already got a ban from competitive play, uh, play. Like, Blizzard said that they were going to give, or they were going to go off the past two weeks of pick rates, making sure that all the heroes that are eligible have a 10% pick rate or more, no, or more across all forms of high tier overwatch so it included the tournament it included overwatch league it included masters and grandmasters but uh, play which i don't know how they got those numbers from but that's besides the uh, point so well i uh, i would like to jump in though because um i had just watched um just uh, a little bit ago today uh, in preparation for the show i want to see what other people were thinking uh i watched the overwatch um caster podcast plat chat and they were talking about the bands and only uh, showed the Orisa, Tracer, and Moira bands. Um, they talked about how there was something going on with Echo where Echo uh, would not be banned. Is So I'm a little confused as to what will happen this week in Owl. Um, just because of hearing them not mention it or not talk about Echo being banned. Um I've been well, looking up things, and I can't find anything updating saying that Echo is or is not banned for this week. So, or for Owl. Uh, I know for competitive play, yes. Like, ranked, yes. But, I don't know. I, it's just very confusing, and I really do wish that uh, there was more transparency with this. Because um, if someone watches something like that, or, uh, you know, it, again, it doesn't. it's bad marketing to ban a hero the week after they come out. I mean, that's very poor marketing, um, in my opinion, because, hey, this new hero came out. If you didn't play it in the first week, it's banned for the second. That is very, very odd to me. It, it is, and right now, nobody in the community knows why this ha happened, and I'm even looking at the uh, news article that's on the Overwatch League website, and it's funny because it says Tracer, that, Orisa, and Moira out of rotation. Yeah, but it also included Echo in, in that pool as well. But they put a note saying competitive play only, not currently active in Owl. So I think that means that even though Echo got selected for being out of rotation this week, regardless, she wasn't going to be able to be played in Owl. Or it could be that, like you said, they are going to allow Echo in Owl and do some balancing that way. Because Owl is the best of the best players in Overwatch. And that's basically the best way that you can get any sort of uh, 
balance te testing because the the issue that I don't think a lot of people understand is that while yes, ladder is used for competitive play a lot, the lower you are on the tier list, the less relevant or the less useful the information of certain heroes are because that just the lower the on the tier list you are, in theory, the worse your skill set is. So you want to be able to balance based off optimal skill set, not any skill set. Well, but here's the thing about in regards to Echo being banned. Um, it does say, and they do like to make a point of it, that no hero will ever be out of rotation two weeks in a row. Yeah, which does mean that after this Sunday, which is only a few days from the time this goes live, we should be seeing Echo back in rotation. We'll probably be seeing her more on ladder, trying to figure out how to play her, how to counter her, which, by the way, I think the best way to counter Echo is McCree, so pray to God that McCree doesn't get banned again. I feel well, like McCree is going to be one of those gets-banned-every-other-week type of no, heroes. Well, but here's the thing. Uh, Echo was not uh, in rotation last week for Overwatch League, so that by their own metric... That does mean, and I think I believe I heard Plat Chat say it um, on like when they were talking about it, that Echo will be allowed in Owl this week, um, which is a very weird thing because the week after they implement this um, mimicking hero pools, you have to do something different because you also released a new hero. And theoretically, and according to their rules, you cannot have a hero out of rotation for two weeks in a row. Right, so my guess is that the next time that Echo will be eligible to be pulled out of rotation would be not next week, but the following week, no, week and that's if she gets at least a 10% pick rate across high tier no, Overwatch know. But that's what I'm arguing, is that this week, and if she is allowed to be played in Owl this week, which I think is the implication here, which is what I think is uh, being pushed forward here, that we might see Echo in Owl, but we will not see Echo in Ranked this week. So by that metric, I don't know if you're going to be able to ban Echo next week, or if you will, because they, they're trying to unify these hero pools between Owl and Competitive. And just a new hero just kind of throws a monkey wrench in that uh, a lot here. So I'm, well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm looking forward at the uh, at this week's um, Overwatch League games, expecting Echo to be played because of this graphic, because of this article. Um, but I'm not sure, and I think they could be a little more transparent on that. I really wish they were transparent because the only thing that they mentioned about how they determine who's going to be out of rotation is by, quote, an algorithm-driven system that compiles hero play rates from high-level competitive play matches from the preceding two weeks. That is extremely vague. If I was in Blizzard, I probably would have suggested to just let Nori pick all of the banned heroes for the upcoming week. Because, you know... Nori banned May, the one hero that everybody in the community and competitive play wanted to be banned. That not, not Paris. Even, well, <laughs> Paris was doing work with May, but then again, you could say that about any of the teams when 
anime was allowed to be played up until recently. But, yeah, no, it's like, I don't, it, it feels like Blizzard is keeping us in the dark, and I don't think that that should be the case. That doesn't build a good relationship with the community. Well, I mean, they're, they posted, I mean, Jeff Kaplan posted on the forums about uh, a lot of stuff. They are releasing information. They are telling us things. They're just not telling us the very obvious things that we obviously want to know. Um, it's very peculiar to me. And I'm just going to look kind of at Owl this week as, yes, you have no Tracer. Yes, you have no Orisa. Yes, you have no Moira. Those are the big ones you will not have in Owl this week. If I see Echo, holy cow, I'm going to see some Echo this week. If I don't see Echo, eh, whatever. I'll see every other hero I was expecting to see. Right, but speaking of Owl, why don't we move on over to discussing the matchups that we have this weekend, both in the earliest of mornings and in the latest of afternoons. Oh yes, my opinions that are objectively right and will not be agreed to with by anyone. <laughs> um, so, I'm going to be just completely honest here. Um, I think that the Chinese teams are just exploding at a rapid rate here. I think every one of the Chinese teams is just so, are, are really getting their footing, are really just becoming so solid that uh, these matches featuring these Chinese teams, with the exception of one, I think are going to be complete washes, um, are going to be complete uh, 3-0s or 3-1s, you know, worst, in favor of the Chinese teams here. I, I thoroughly believe that. Well, why don't we go over by a one by one? Because starting on Saturday at 4 o'clock in the morning, Eastern Daylight's time, because we are in Daylight Savings Time, right? I believe so. Yeah. Anyways, we have the Seoul Dynasty versus the Hangzhou Spark. Now, I agree with you that um, the Chinese teams have been showing a lot of dominance and a lot of organization, I guess, when it comes to uh, where they stand with the hero pools with their matches, with how they are as a cohesive team. No, team. So, personally, between these two teams, I'm actually going to give the 3-0 to Seoul Dynasty. Like, they seem the most adaptive to me, aside from one other team that... Or, not aside, but include no, next to one other team that we're going to discuss later a couple of no, times in this show. But, um, yeah, no, I think Seoul Dynasty is going to win this with a 3-0 to zero against Spark. Now, that is why you are completely and totally incorrect, Music, and I will tell you why. Because Seoul Dynasty is the best team in the league at one particular composition. It is a composition that has been enabling them to win what few games they have had and look so dominant in them. Now, Seoul Dynasty has really ran off the back of Double Shield, of Orisa Sigma, and they cannot play that this week. That is something that they can absolutely not play this week. And honestly, with that in mind, really, that's the only hero ban you need to look at for this game. I'm predicting a 3-1 because I do think uh, Seoul will win a map here. But I am honestly going to give a 3-1 to what I consider to be kind of the worst Chinese team. I'm... Hangzhou is not... Uh, Hang, the Hangzhou Spark are not bad 
They are very, very good, very, very talented, but I think they are the most underwhelming of the Chinese teams. But I do believe that, especially like any other time when Seoul could play their preferred comp, I think Seoul would easily take this 3-1 like in a reverse here. But because of that and because they are going to be running Michelle, I'm not... And Michelle's a great tank, don't get me wrong. I just don't see them pulling this out. I feel like the Hangzhou have... It's not going to be the easiest game that they'll ever have, but I do believe this is going to be... I mean, if they play the Titans, then that's easier. Um, (laughs) But I do think that this is going to be one of their more favorable matchups. I think this was the week for them to go up against Seoul. I, I just don't see Seoul being able to come ahead here in a what is predicted to be either a uh, Ryan, what was mostly predicted to be a Ryan Diva meta for this week. I think Hangzhou just has the advantage. Well, that's where I kind of disagree with it. In fact, not even kind of. I almost wholeheartedly disagree with because I think you're making your prediction thinking that Marvel and Michelle are going to be the starting main tank. I actually think that they're going to put in Jester over Marvel and do more of a divey composition with that. Because my prediction is that their starting lineup is going to be Prophet and Illicit on the DPS, Jester and Michelle on tank, and Bedosin and Toby on support. All of them play very dive-heavy heroes that, granted, they are more versatile than just a dive composition, but they're still excellent in the heroes that they uh, play that I think that's how they're going to 3-0 Spark. Because from what I've been seeing... Spark just doesn't look like they know what they're doing. It could be something with the staff. It could be putting one of their DPS players in an off roll, an off tank with Sazen. It could could be a multitude of things. But regardless, because of that, I think Seoul is just more organized as a team and have a better relationship with their staff and have great staff, mind you, that they're just going to run away with this. But I mean, they dive, haven't lost... Huh? D- dive will not work in this meta, though. This is not a meta where Dive is allowed to thrive. No matter what, if you are a... If two teams of equal skill are playing in the Overwatch League right now, and one is running Dive, the other runs McCree and Brigitte, and you are completely unable to play your composition. Uh, uh, okay, even with that in mind, I think Jester's Reinhardt is better than Marvel's. Granted, Marvel is more known for the Sigma play in the Double Shield meta, like you said. Michelle usually plays the Orisa, but So, I haven't seen a lot of Marvel on, on Rhine, and the little bit that I did see, I wasn't too impressed. I was more impressed by Jester's Rhine back when he played, and he was one of the starting tanks for his team. Well, but, but there's but there's a thing. Jester... Does not like to play Rhine. Gesture is not the greatest Reinhardt in the world. That is why London struggled so hard in the GOATS meta. Because he did not want to play the hero. And it very obviously showed. Um, I just don't believe in Gesture for this week. I mean, again, I think any other week... um, Very much like I think this is going to be a weaker week for Atlanta for the same reason. Orisa being banned is really going to affect a lot this week for a lot of teams. And in my mind, I just don't see a reason, or I don't see a way, if you will, that 
gesture is going to start this week. I, I just can't see it. Okay, well, even with all, not all of that, I'm still saying that Soul is going to win, and if that is the case, it's most likely going to be on the back of Michelle. Michelle has just been performing out of his mind to, uh, to me, and Sazen, he's been doing great. It's not his main role. It kind of shows that a little bit, but at the same time, Rhea, the star off-tank for, uh, for the Hangzhou Spark, hasn't been played recently, and I have no idea why that is, so... We'll see if Sazen can keep up with Michelle's off-tankiness, I guess. But, well, that's going to be the 4 a.m. match for Saturday. After that, at 6 a.m., we have Wang Zhao versus Shanghai. I don't know about you, but Shanghai has been looking dominant in the Chinese scene. Shanghai is probably one of the more, if not the single most impressive team that has been like seen in this division. Um, however, Guangzhou, uh, Guangzhou has really been stepping it up as well. Um, I don't believe that this is going to be the best matchup of the week. I think Shanghai, Shanghai does have a little bit going for them here, uh, over the Guangzhou charge. I think, um, a lot of the, I think the individual talent on Shanghai is just very, very strong. But will that be able to show through this week? Um, I'm not really sure. I mean, for me, it's either going to be a 3-0 or a 3-1 for Shanghai. Because I do believe that Guangzhou has been improving their play style. They have been showing up in matches. They have been taking victories off of teams that some people might have thought that they just can't win off of. And I'm very proud of them for, for that. However, I don't think that it's going to be enough to fully take down Shanghai. Like, it might be enough to put up a fight at the very least, but I don't think it's going to be enough to get them a victory in this matchup. Well, I think Shanghai has a very big advantage here with the hero pool that is available. Um, if the meta does swing to a Rhine um, Diva, like many people are predicting it to be, I do think that Shanghai has the much better D.Va player in Void. Um, I believe Shanghai has the better support line with Izayaki, uh just being huge at uh, really everything he does. Um, the only concern I really have for this team is if they're going to put in uh, Fearless or Stand 1. Um, I don't think this is a Fearless week. I don't think this is a week where Fearless is going to be able to thrive as much um so maybe we will see stand one but honestly in almost every other way except for um maybe lucio player i mean i do really like neptuno on the guangzhou and i think nero can really hold his own with uh almost any dps on the shanghai dragons I'm actually going to give it a game five win for the dragons i think this is going to be a little bit more competitive I think a couple maps are going to be blowouts. I think the teams are going to have to really kind of figure each other out with this hero pool. Um, so you might get a little bit of learning uh, anxiety between these two teams. I'm going to agree with you on the Shanghai win, but I'm going to give it a 3-2. All right. And with that, we're going to be moving on to a team that we haven't seen in a while. Probably one of the better teams in Season 2. Arguably the best team of Season 1, despite not finishing off that season play 
in the playoffs. We're seeing New York XL come back to the virtual main stage, and they're going up against the Shangdu Hunters. Now, hmm, this is a tough one to call, mainly because we haven't seen New York in a while, so we don't know how their near-month break has affected the team. I don't think it's affected them much, because these guys are pros. They're not going to let a little vacation ru uh, ruin their... <laughs> Vancouver uh, Titans. Fair point. <laughs> but... <laughs> But but still, they're going up against Shangdu Hunters, which, as of right now, statistically, is one of the worst teams of the Chinese scenes, which kind of saddens me a little bit, because they have so much potential. And they even showed some dominance when they ran the dive co composition in their matchup this past week no, weekend. Like, I was so excited to see them play to their strong point, let Jinmu pop off, let Meng and Elsa pop off and do their tank du uh, duties. Just keep them up and you would have won the match, but they struggle still. So, I don't know. If anything, I'm going to give this a New York victory. However, I don't know the scoreline because I do think that Shane Du has learned from their mistakes by this point. They are going to swap things around one way, shape, or form. And... I don't know, we just, I haven't seen enough of New York this season. Granted, they've been looking dominant when they did play in the home sets. However, online versus LAN, it's a different environment, and I've been in both environments before, surprisingly. But, bottom line, I think New York is going to take this because better experience, better synergy, and more victories under their belt, really. They're consistent in winning. Now, I... the scoreline. Now I am going to um, give you the score uh, the scoreline here. I think it's going to be three one. I think it's going to be three one Chengdu. Honestly and fully, because here's the thing: yes, New York is five and one, and their one loss was to arguably the best team in the league, Philadelphia. So that it looks impressive on paper. However, the five wins were against really struggling teams, in my opinion. I don't believe that New York has really definitively shown that they are dominant. I really do not see much that uh, show, and, and I think the break is what really is going to kill them here. I mean, yes, they probably have been practicing, yes, they probably have been scrimming, they, had, they really have not gotten as much experience as a lot of these other teams, and even the Chinese teams have been playing more together uh, lately than these teams, like uh, the Seoul Dynasty, like the uh, Vancouver Titans, and like the New York Excelsior, who are all migrating back to Korea, back to their region. I believe fully and 100% in my heart that... Chengdu and all of these Chinese teams are much better practiced for just the general season right now and are better than a lot of those teams that New York Excelsior just kind of had to slum against. Now, Chengdu has beaten Shanghai. Chengdu has, they might be 3-5, and five, but their losses are much more indicative like they defined. have some bad defined they have some bad losses but their bad losses were to really really good standout chinese teams 
I do not believe that outside of, you know, New York, yeah, they lost to Philadelphia. That is respectable. I mean, no team that loses to Philadelphia should feel that bad about losing to Philadelphia. However, I also don't believe that a team that defeats, um, let's look at their last few games. Uh, their last game was against Washington Justice, dropping a map to the Washington Justice. Um, the Florida Mayhem struggling early on. Okay. The Houston Outlaws struggling early on. Uh, the Boston Uprising. Like, if you see what I'm, I'm talking about here, the only teams that New York has beaten are bottom seven teams. I do not believe that is enough to show that they are still dominant. They very well could be. I'm not saying that this is going to be like, that they're going to stay bad forever, because I don't even think they're bad. I'm just saying, in this particular matchup, with this migration, with the perceived lack of just playtime, experience, just the grind here, I don't see any way that they win this. And if they do, I will be very surprised. So I'm going to call it 3-1. Shengdu is going to win this. But But to your point about struggling teams and bottom seven teams on paper Chengdu is a bottom 17 they're number 16 in the standings on paper Chengdu has been struggling they are a struggling team with star players in it they're not as bad as Boston or as Washington but they're still struggling in their own right so so with that in mind by that logic I guess not to confuse it with the players I do think that New York is still going to win this Granted, they, ha- they may or may not have been practicing as consistently as the other uh, Chinese and Korean te- teams in that region. But at the same time, I think they have the raw talent to be able to carry out the, you know, this win. Like, I, I really don't see Shangdu win- no, winning this at all. Well, and again, you say that, yes, uh, Shangdu is a bottom, uh, a bottom team right now. That's only in standings, and that's only because they also didn't play a lot until very recently against better teams. Again, I'm not saying that New York is bad, because they're certainly not. But every game, like the quality of Chengdu's games have been much harder than anything that New York has had to deal with. Just bare necessities, that's it. I mean, what's the most impressive victory that New York has under its uh, wings? Oh, they 3-0'd the Houston Outlaws week three when they were arguably at their very worst. And even when they were at their very worst, uh, the other team that New York beat in a 3-1 scenario, the London Spitfire, that very next week, the London Spitfire had to take Houston to a 3-2 when they were still really bad and struggling. I do not see any indication right now that New York while they do have some of the best players on the planet I I absolutely love Sabiolbi I love Libero I love a lot of players on the New York XL but they are not there they are just not they have not proven anything to me it's what have you done for me lately they have not proven anything lately whereas Chengdu having much harder matchups and having much closer matchups has been struggling but still surviving still beating the top uh one of the top teams arguably the top team in their division in the Shanghai Dragons 
I'm giving it to Shengdu 3-1. And we will be able to see... Honestly, this week is going to be so fun music because you and I are going to be able to watch these and I'm imagining some I told you so moments. But this is one moment that I... This is one that I am swearing on. <laughs> that I think Shengdu does have this over the New York XL. Uh, I, I'm always tempted to make another bed similar to what happened with the first Houston versus Paris matchup, but I'm broke, so I'm not going to wager anything, simply because I don't want to go further into that. So, moving on, we have the afternoon matches starting at 4 p.m., one of probably the most fun matches, the most highly competitive matches that there is to date so far. We have the Atlanta Reign Versus the Philadelphia Fusion. This I can see going the distance. However, like we discussed before, I am going to give this edge over to Philadelphia. And I I don't know. I, I feel like if anything is going to be on the back of the tank lineups. At plus either IV or EQO depending on who they put in for that slot. But Oh, uh, well, what about uh, the third guy? Uh, Ans. Ons? Or am I thinking of a different team? Uh, no, no, no. You're right. No, you're right there. But, They're Reaper um, one trick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I don't know. It's like ANS perform- performed well when he was put in, but at the same time, he was put in when shotgun meta was you know, was a thing. Now there's an easy counter to the shotgun no meta, and that oh oh, and ANS is on another another team. I just looked up the roster. <laughs> my my bad. <laughs> That's completely my my bad. But anyway, anyways, the thing about the Reaper is that there's there's really only one character that can counter Re- no, Reaper effectively, and that's McCree. Reaper's gonna Beyblade, flashbang. Reaper is gonna use Wraith premature, naturally, flashbang when he's out out of Wraith, dead, no escape, no no escape. So Reaper in this uh, hero pool is gonna be tough to work around. Around we might see some Torb still, cause. Torb is always fun to see, especially when people get hammered, if you know what I mean. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah, no, I do think that Sato and Poco and either EQO or Ivy, depending on who you know, who gets put in, they're going to carry Philadelphia to, I would say, a 3-2. A map 6-3 victory. Now, I, I find this very hard for Atlanta. Um... They have really shown to be able to just float on. I'm, th- I'm going to say that uh, Atlanta is very much like Seoul in the fact that they have been at their most successful when they have been able to run the Orisa Sigma uh, double shield meta. And I think Gator might be the best Orisa in Overwatch League. I, I firmly believe that, actually. Um, I think he is just insanely nutty on that hero, and with Hawk, who is exceptionally talented on both diva and sigma uh i originally thought that uh hawk was gonna be was throwing the first time i saw him play because he just it was just not a kind week for him but he's really stepped it up and i think that honestly the tank line for atlanta does beat out the philadelphia fusions this week um i believe that uh gator as a player is better than sato as a player um and i believe hawk is just a dark horse off tank that I think is more comfortable on more off tanks than Poco. Uh, 
However, that would rely entirely on Arisa being in the pool, which Arisa is not. So I believe this is going to be a struggle for Atlanta. I'm going to give Philadelphia the a 3-1 over Atlanta. I really hope I'm lo- wrong, as I do love the Atlanta rain. I just don't feel like Atlanta is going to be able to really pop off just this week. Even though, I will admit, Gator was the... And uh, for those of uh, people that don't know this, Gator is a great Reinhardt player. He did play the Reinhardt in a little team in contenders called Goats, which actually he was one of the people that invented the infamous comp of the same name. But, you know, it it is unfortunate that the hero that he has had the most success with this year, or this season of Owl, is out of rotation. I, I do have to give this to Philadelphia. I, I can't see Atlanta really being able to overcome this. And, and that's another reason why I'm giving Philadelphia a map 6-3-2 victory, because I still see a Wait, lot of... Wait, map 6? What? Yeah, yeah, that's what I sa- said. I think they're actually going to draw on the hybrid map. Oh, you? wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, I honestly, be- I honestly believe that. I think that both teams are going to complete the map, but then they're going to draw it from uh, from there. But still, one thing that I will concede is that Atlanta has great synergy with both Baby Bay and, and Edison alone. So I do think that each and every single map is going to be close. I see map, both control maps going to round three, going 99 to 99 across all three rounds. I see, I see three twos or one zero zeros for the payload ma- no, maps and i even see you know, is he going like two you no know, double extra rounds on the assault you no know, on the assault maps for you no know, for this matchup these got these, both of these teams i think have strong potential either way it's just a matter of the control maps i think those are going to be the deciding factor and i think that philadelphia is just better on the control you no know, on the control maps in this case and wouldn't it, wouldn't it surprise you that this is actually only my third uh, best match of the week? That I only. There are two other matches that I think are going to be better than this one, and this one is going to be great, honestly. Yeah, because coming up, we have Battle of SoCal Part 2. Oh, so- not, 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 not this one. This one's going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> I believe this one's going to be bad. Uh, so we have San Francisco Shock versus Los Angeles Valiant. Ugh! This, so- ugh! Let me explain how this matchup goes uh, to you, to you, music, and to all of our listeners. So, let's look at the checklist here. Is Reinhardt able to be played? If yes, look at part two. Is Lucio allowed to be played? If yes, check box three. Box three, San Francisco Shock wins. That is about as simple as this becomes, because... Whether you have uh, KS, uh, KSF and KSP, who are a phenomenal, I've been really impressed by their DPS duo this far, and even some of these uh, supports for uh, Los Angeles aren't that bad, you just can't really cont- uh, contend with the star power, with the synergy, with just the outright aggression and the outright talent that the winners of last year's Overwatch League have when the meta favors them. And the meta does favor them here. I don't believe they're going to lose this. 
I oh, think this is gonna be an easy three zero. But no, by the way, fun fact: the ANS is actually on the San Francisco. Roster. I realize, I realize that. I realize that after I said it for Philadelphia. Yeah, no, yeah, but um, yeah, no, yeah, no, um, I do, I do agree that San Fran is going to no win this simply because Super is just a better Reinhardt player than both Gig and Dreamer combined. Like, I just, I just can't refute that with Lucio, as, with Lucio, because we have to, we have to make that clear yes. with Lucio. No. Uh, yeah, so no, so as long as they're running Super and Toyobin with either Violet or Moth on the Lucio, most likely Vi- no Violet because I think they're gonna put Moth on the Moira there. Uh, no, there's... no, 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 no. Moira's banned. You're right. You're right. You're right. That that's one of the. I expect Brig. To... I expect yeah. Brig. Honestly. In, in, in that case, then. I don't know. We might see Architect on the support lineup again. I doubt it because they've been playing a lot more Violet Moth on the support lineup. Yeah, you no, know, the actual contracted support players. You you'd only really see Architect on the Ana, like if they were like if they were playing on Watchpoint, um, and they needed a very good player to play Ana in dive. Which it, all of these things are just not things that you'll see very commonly. I'm sorry to say, folks. You're not going to see Architect on support again, I I don't think, unless it's on the Ana, because he is a very good Ana. You're probably just going to see, uh, you're probably just going to see Violet and Moth uh, playing whatever they play, because they both play very good heroes. They both play, whatever they play, they play at a top level, because they are two of the best supports in the league. Their support duo is a top five in the league, I firmly do believe. And I think it's just, it's very obvious here. It's a 3-0 for the Shock. Uh, the Valiant might might cheese something out into a 3-1, but I, I, I do not see it going past that. And this is one of those rare moments where I think you and I actually agree on the scoreline. For this week, at least. Yeah, for this week, yeah. at least, yeah. There, there's always going to be that one matchup where you and I are just going to wholeheartedly agree on every single detail between the two teams of the, the matchup. And I think for this one, it is going to be the San Fran versus Los Angeles Valiant match, matchup, which... You know, it'll be interesting. Maybe a blowout, but it'll be interesting at the very least. <laughs> and speaking of a blowout, what I'm going to predict for this next matchup is just that. Hangzhou Spark at 4 a.m. the next morning, uh, Sunday, April 26th. The Hangzhou Spark going up against the Shengdu Hunters, who I predict that since they're going to be hot off of a win against the New York XL, are going to take the win here. I think it's going to be a 3-1. I think Hang Zhao is going to look good. I don't think Hang Zhao is going to look like they're throwing. Um, I think they're also going to be coming off of a fairly hot win against Seoul. But I I just don't see... I, I see Shengdu rolling with their momentum or rebounding from their momentum much better than the Spark will here. So Shengdu, for me, uh, 3-1. I don't know because I said the same thing about Chengdu last week, and they it, it was nothing but a disappointment for for me last last week. Like they kind of played to their strength, but at the same time they kind of didn't. And generally speaking, Hangzhou, despite their struggling with whatever roster lineup they have, they still pull out numbers. Like there's no bad player on this part. The team is just. It's just awkward to see because they're effectively running three DPS play- 
No, players, one of them on off tank, and they all perform. They've all performed at their best le levels. They've all shown moments of excellency. So, I don't know. I think it's going to be a lot closer than than what you would predict. But like, I don't think Hung Jao is going to come out with the win here, but I don't think it's going to be a total blowout either. If anything, it's going to be a close 3-1 for the Hunters. And to clear things up, when I say that the matchup is going to be a close 3-1 or a close 3-0, what I'm basically saying is that the scoreline is going to say that it's a 3-1 or a 3-0 to one of the teams, in this case the Chengdu Hunters, but it's going to be a hard-earned victory, meaning that both teams will be playing at their best. They're both going to play super competitive, which, you know, I love to see just in general. But ultimately, it's going to go to a win for the, the Hunters. So, like I said, close 3-1 win for Chengdu in this matchup. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I mean, you say Chengdu didn't uh, really give you confidence last week. Um, if you look at the scores, though, if you look at the games, um, Hung Zhao got 3-0'd by Shanghai, and Hung Zhao got 3-1 by Guangzhou. Shangdu 3-0'd Guangzhou, and then Shanghai, because they are just absolutely phenomenal, 3-0'd Shangdu. So what you can take from last week's games is that uh, Shangdu uh, over Hung Zhao, but Shanghai is just reigning supreme um, currently because they are just nutty. Um, I don't think there's anything in this matchup that... Yes, I, I said that there were two matchups that I thought were going to be better than the Atlanta-Philly game. This is not one of them. <laughs> I, I do not believe this is going to be a very good game. I think this is going to be a game of Overwatch where it's just two teams trying to figure out what they're going to do with no Arisa. Um, and I think it's just going to be a stumbling through affair. I'm s I, I still do believe, though, going off of last week's performances... Shangdu does have the edge here to me. Uh, very, very much so. Um, although, as I was saying about the how I thought there were two matches uh, that were going to be better than that Atlanta-Philly game, the second best match of the week is actually what we're about to get to right here. We have, at 6 in the morning on Sunday, Shanghai Dragons versus Seoul Dynasty, two of the best Eastern teams in Overwatch League here. In the period, which feels absolutely fantastic to call Shanghai a best Overwatch League. Or Seoul. Team. Or, well, or Seoul at this point. Well, Seoul, everybody kind of overhyped them in preseason, and then they struggled through seasons Seoul has one been and two. terrible <laughs> for the last two years. I'm, well, I, well, that's I'm what... one of the most vehement Seoul detractors. Uh, I thought Seoul has always been kind of lackluster. Well, that's why I say that everybody kind of overhyped Seoul in the preseason, because Seoul Dynasty, preseason one, they were looking to win the entire Overwatch League inaugural season. That's what was expected of them. That's not what happened, but that's what was expected of them because of how well they performed in preseason. But teams ended up getting practice, you know, like you should in a competitive environment, and they just became a... A team that was supposed to win it all to a team that barely made it to playoffs that inaugural season. They haven't shown much improvement if at all during the second season, but this season, they're 2-0 as far as the matches. About to be 3-0 if you ask me. 
Not me, but then again, that's only if you ask me. I'm pretty sure Dylan here will say otherwise. But yeah, no, this is going to be a fun match to watch. No, watch. I do think that this is going to go the distance. However, I think this is going to be Soul Dynasty's first loss this season. I think they're going to lose a very, very close 3-2 against Shanghai. I think that's going to be the scoreline. I still think that Shanghai is more dominant than Seoul this season. And that's what I'm calling. Very close, 3-2. Uh, I very much agree. I think Seoul is the... I think if it was any other week, I would give Seoul just a little bit more of a chance here. But I do believe that the Orisa being out of this one is just... It's really not going to leave us... This week's hero pool negatively affects the Seoul Dynasty more than it negatively affects the Shanghai Dragons. So, this is going to be a time where if uh, Ryan Diva is the tank duo, um, with what I'm imagining will probably be McCree May, um, Lucio Brig. I mean, that's just my prediction here. Which I, I think that's a fair prediction. Uh, I think that Shanghai is actually going to win this a little bit easier than you think. Um, I still will give it a 3-2 because I th uh, in favor of Shanghai because I do think that maybe we're going to have Profit or more specifically, I think we're going to have Bedosin carry a map and just really prove why Bedosin... Why everyone that was on London becomes so much better when they're not on London um, <laughs> with Bedosin and with uh, Profit. I think they will both pop off at some point. Uh, during this map to get them a win, a map win. But yeah, 3-2 for Shanghai, because I just believe Shanghai. And Shanghai is a good, or, uh, Shanghai is a good example in Fleta, where it shows what happens when you get a, uh, a player off of Seoul Dynasty. <laughs> then they can actually pop off. Uh, that just shows the, the faith I have in Seoul. I do think Seoul's a great team, though, uh, this year. And I do believe that with Bedosin, they will be a playoff team. I just don't think that this week is going to be them. I just don't think they're, this week is going to be favorable to them in the slightest. Yeah, but, you know, it's one of those where this is going to be an exciting match to you know, watch. Equally exciting, though, we have Guangzhou Charge versus New York Excelsior. Two of, no, well, I wouldn't say that they're as good as Shanghai versus Seoul, but I do think that both these teams are good Eastern team, you know, teams in their own in their own right. However, I do think that this is going to be a 3-1 vi victory over to New York. But I'm really hoping that I'm wrong because I want Guangzhou to be better than where they are currently. They have shown that they are improving week after week, match after match. I'm hoping that they've improved enough to prove, to uh, beat New York. But it's one of those we'll see, because I also don't want New York to beat the next Vancouver Titans in the same season. I think Hotba's going to be crying this game. Uh, I think he's just going to be abused by uh, the um, really passionately calculated aggressiveness of um, the DPS and Neptuno of um, Guangzhou. I think Nero and uh, Neptuno are going to bully Hotba like they've been bullying other off-tanks uh, at random points. During this season, Guangzhou is going to get the win here 3-1. I 
am hoping that after a week or two of failings, New York will get better. I just think that they have to fail this week um, because of all the circumstances that have hit them and the fact that these other teams are just have proven themselves more. If, it, if I think Chengdu is going to beat New York, then by that logic, I really should also believe Guangzhou should be able to beat New York. So 3-1, Guangzhou charge. Uh, again, it's one of those where we need to see what happened to New York during their time off. I don't want them to start falling off, so that's why I'm trying to give them all my energy, or at least as much as I can, I can for them to win here. But again, it's like, I really can't control that. I'm not a part of the stab. I don't know a lick of Korean. So, yeah, I, I'm just no help. So whatever happens, ha- happens. I'll be okay either way. However, later... In now the we have the best match of the day, the best match of the week. Absolutely flawless. This is going to be the match that will show everyone how good, clean Overwatch is to be played. It is the number one match of the... W- oh, wait, hold on. Sorry, I missed the line. <laughs> um, well... <fuck. laughs> yeah. Um... We have the Florida Mayhem at 4 p.m. versus the Boston uh, Downfall. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> can we move this? Can we flip this game with the uh, Shanghai Soul game, like in time spots? I mean, I I, I really don't like. Now I'll give credit where credit is due. I will give all of the credit where credit is due. Um, Florida looks good. I think Florida beat a weakened Paris. Um, I, it's still a good win over Paris. I will give them that. Paris is a very good team, a top seven team, I still believe. And honestly, this Florida Mayhem squad is really good. It's just they have kind of been struggling with an identity crisis in the same way that uh, a lot of other teams have. I just don't see a way that they lose to Boston here. Boston has just had the absolute worst of luck, the absolute worst of roster decisions, the absolute worst, um, I would say, coaching uh, as of late. I just, with Florida, I can see redeemable qualities. I can see Yaki. Uh, I can see Fate. I can see Carrion. Uh, I can see BQB. I can see these people that I look at and go, okay, yeah, those are redeemable parts of this team. I'm very hard-pressed to find anything like that on on Boston, to be completely honest. Well, to quote one of the analysts-slash-casters recently, Boston has Jerry and Colorhex, two phenomenal DPS players, that also got the short end of the you know, draw there because they're phenomenal DPS players on a team that is struggling as a whole. So, granted, Boston does have one advantage over any other team in the league, and that's they are fully a six-man ro- uh, roster. Like that's not an advantage. Well, that's not, well, that's it's really not it, an advantage at this point. It. it it's not an advantage in the long run, but for the time being, that means that those six players had the most practice as a team. They, by now, they should have worked something out. And if they do, if they did, 
then they would be able to win this matchup. I don't see that happening though. The most that I can see is them winning one, maybe two maps. And that second map needs to be a hard-earned win. So, if anything, I'm predicting a 3-1 over to Florida. If Boston does win a second map, it's still going to be a 3-2 over Florida. I do not think the maps are going to be the control maps. If anything, Boston is going to win the payload map and maybe the assault map. And that's a very heavy maybe there. Not there. So, uh, I'm sorry, Boston, but get your stuff together. <laughs> like, yeah, so Congrats for adding congrats for adding players on the Academy team like I'm thirty seven, eight um who else was no was it? Let me pull up their disc real no real quick. But yeah, congrats on adding players to your Academy team, but they're on your Academy team. You should be looking for players on your main team as well. Granted, you still have Axiom, but he's on medical leave. So I would like to uh, note here that, um, well, first off, if Note was here, this team would be a much better team. Because um, I think Brusson is a terrible... Uh, I mean, he's been trying. He has been trying. And I'm I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He was probably not ready for this position. Um, just, I mean, think about it. This team started with a, eh, you know, some... some good underneath um some under appreciated overwatch players um but jesus when you lose over this team's entire lifespan it has lost three members or three people uh due to sexual harassment allegations um and i and i say three because people don't usually consider the org um really as a whole but the owner of the Boston, the single owner of the Boston Uprising, uh, Bob Kraft, got nailed last year for a sexual harassment thing. So I guess that's the theme of this team, uh, sadly. And this team has gotten a lot of negative press for that with Color Hex, uh, Mufin, and, of course, the owner. Not Color he, Hex. Or not Color Hex. Uh, Dream I love Casper. Color Hex. Dream Casper, sorry. I completely forgot about the other, you know, players on this team, but if you look at the other former players of this team, this team had so many talented players that they let go over the years. I mean, looking at this, uh, they had to let go of Munchkin, who is a good DPS player. Blase, a good DPS player. Stellar, a good DPS player. RCK, a great Sombra, I guess. Um... Aim God, Kellex, Note, Gamsu, Striker, uh, Neko, uh, Kelia, like so many good players that they just weren't able to keep on due to really poor decisions with staff, really poor decisions with how to run a team. I think th that this is a big reason as to why this team only has six players on it right now and that none of these players, uh, with the exception of maybe Jerry, really feel at this moment like they deserve to be on a top Overwatch team. I love Color Hex. I adore Fusions. Fusions is one of my favorite main tanks to watch, especially during the GOATS meta. But Halo has been absolutely garbage lately. Uh, Brusson has been trying, but also very bad. 
Uh, Myungbong has potential, but is on a bad team. Jerry clicks heads, I guess, when he can. Colorhex clicks heads when he can, I guess. But I don't really see any value in this team. I don't see any way that this team will ever be anything other than 20 in the standings. It's just not possible to me. No, 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 no. I got the solution right here. Sign me up on Octank. I'll carry the team on my back if I have to. Well, you're better than Brosnan, I'll say. Uh, you're better than Halo, I say. Um, and I and don't that, even play support. <laughs> and you throw. I know. Like, you throw, <laughs> but y- you can maybe get a kill when you throw. Um, honestly... No, I- and 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 I'm I'm not even I'm not even gonna continue crapping on the Boston uprising here because even if the this even if the Florida Mayhem were against a better team, I would have a lot of good things to say about the Florida Mayhem because they do have a lot of solid players on their team. They do have a lot of good going for them. I'm gonna say this is an easy three oh Florida Mayhem. I don't see any way that they'd lose it or drop a map. Um, but then again, I could be wrong. I have been surprised lately. <laughs> yeah, so now to round up the schedule for this weekend is probably one of the most hyped matches. It is the Battle for Texas, Houston Outlaws versus Dallas Fuel. Yeehaw, mother. This is going to be uh, the best game of the week. Uh, I'm not even going to say it's the best Overwatch of the week, but I'm going to say it's going to be the most entertaining game of the week. Um, both these teams have a lot going for them right now. Um, Dallas has arguably, in my opinion, the two of the best duos in the league with their DPS duo of Doan Decay and their support duo of Crimzo and whoever is on that other role. I think, I think Harry Hook might be my preferred, but Closer is not doing a bad job. Um, versus the Houston Outlaws, who I think have a lot of great potential with their DPS lineup. Uh, Muma is always a solid main tank. I am a staunch defender. That Rockus is one of the best support players in the world, top 10, 15 support players in the world, and I think he can show it on this team. It's just, this is going to be a fun game of Overwatch. I don't know what to expect. I'm just hoping this is going to be a fun game of Overwatch. I think it's going to go past four maps easily. Um, whether it's going to be 3-1 or 3-2 or map 10 with a million draws, I don't know. But this matchup is going to be a lot of fun. I'm actually going to give this win over to the Houston Outlaws, mainly because I think that if if Echo is going to be played this week, if we are going to see Echo in the Overwatch League for this week, Considering that Dante played Echo in the winning team of the Echo Showdown tur- in the tournament, I just... It's going to be close. Don't get me wrong. Every match is going to be a match worth watching. Like, you, you'll probably catch me in my Optic Gaming jer- no, jersey, even though Houston isn't owned by Optic Gaming anymore. And in my cowboy hat, just cheering on the Houston Outlaws for winning as many maps as they, they can. But still... I I think that Dante is one of the better Echo play, players there. He's definitely one of the best Sombra players out, out there in the Overwatch League. Linkster can click heads, you know, when he wants to, and he wants to. 
And then, of course, you have Namuma and Himeko, great tank players in their own right. I think they've actually started working well together and started, like, building stronger synergies with each other, which is always good. The only concern that I have is whether they're going to play either Rappel or Rockus. My pref is with Rockus. I think Rockus has the stronger support pool than Rappel. Granted, they both play the same heroes as support players. But Jexy, <laughs> Jexy is one of those Lucio players that you need to watch out for. You can't let Jexy do his own thing. You just can't. <laughs> I think Houston's biggest advantage here, if they have a solid advantage, is in the tank line. I do believe that um, the better player or the better tank line is Muma and Meko over uh, uh, Note and most likely Gamsu. Um, I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if they threw Trill in for a map or two because of his Reinhardt expertise, but. I I am going to give this to Dallas in a 3-1 or a 3-2 uh, solely on the back that I think one of the things that does kind of hurt um, the Houston Outlaws here more than... Well, I think the Houston Outlaws benefit more from Tracer being banned because of uh, Decay's excellent Tracer. I think it hurts Dante though because I think that is one of his more comfortable heroes as well. Um, you know what? I'm gonna flip a coin. I'm gonna say, if Echo is a vi- if if Echo is a big part of this meta this week, if Echo is allowed to be played, I will give it to Houston three two. If not, I'm gonna give it to Dallas three one or three two. Um, very dependent on that. Uh, this game can go either way, and this is gonna be the most entertaining. This is the game to watch out for this week. This is the game that's gonna be a lot of fun. And I really hope it's not going to be a wash. But who knows? I mean, I won't refute that Dallas has the better DPS line- lineup, even in this here, hero pool, in Doha and DK. However, I will say that as good as um, Crimzo and Closer or Harry Hook is, Jexy can outperform as a support player by himself at- as well. And Houston has the better tank line, no lineup. So just those three alone, I think, is what's going to win Houston Outlaws this matchup. But like you said, this is the match to watch out for. This is the match that I think is going to get the most views on YouTube. Probably the most that they've seen, although not fully surpassing the average viewers they get on Twitch. But that's another story. But yeah, no, I am looking forward to this matchup. And as much as... I enjoy playing pugs with the guys over on the Dallas Fuel Discord. I gotta support my boys over at Houston. I've been a fan of the Houston Outlaws since preseason. And that was that was back when Optic Gaming owned Houston, so that was that background for, for them. I used to be in a huge Optic Gaming fan, fan in the cutscene, so that kind of transitioned over. But then I enjoyed seeing Muma and Cool Mad play. I enjoyed seeing... Seeing Linkser and uh, oh, and Jake didn't play didn't play that season one. I almost forgot who he was by uh, by the way, but but since then he's retired. He's retired, and Houston picked up excellent players. Hydration Blase, as much as they haven't seen you know, stage time yet recently, or le- less so with 
Blase than with hydration. They're still strong players in their own right. And I do think that given the right circumstances, given the right strategy going into the match, they have the opportunity to just pop off like it's nobody's business. We've seen that in Blase on the Houston line. No, lineup a couple of no, times. However, I do think that the better DPS lineup is with Linkser and you know, Dante, especially if either Sombra or Echo is going to be played. If not, then that's probably when they'll put Hydration. So, yeah, I just think that Houston found their footing. I think they're just working to improve at this point, And I think that they're, this is their match to win. Uh, I'm... I'm I can't agree that Linkser and Dante are the better DPS duo. That's as much as I like Dante, it's not I, I don't think you can compare Doa and Decay to them. I think Decay blows Linkser out of the water. And Doa really honestly is just as good, if not better, than Dante. Uh, I don't know if I can agree. I, I, I still am gonna stick to my bet of depending on Echo's playability. Um, I'm gonna more likely than not though give this to Dallas, and of course we'll figure out exactly how this goes. Um, when it happens, of course this weekend it's gonna be a. This is the game you should watch out for. This is gonna be the most fun game of Overwatch that you're gonna see this week. And with that, the only other thing that we have to talk you know, talk about that's not really on the Overwatch League side is more of. Of what we heard in the forums recently. So last week I brought up with our guest speaker, the Double A Twelve, how Jeff Kaplan, the owner or not the owner, the lead developer of you know, Overwatch, had brought came to the forums and kind of teased us that the next experimental card is going to modify and tweak the CC abilities for you know, for the game, and. I gave my opinions on that episode. It should be up on Dude's Media Network in this pod, Podbean host, whatever you want to call, call it. But what do, what do you think? What do you think they're going to change about CC for Overwatch in the next experimental card? Um, honestly, I want to see them make all tanks immune from CC because it is already a pain to play main tank. And if you're going like, oh, we want to encourage more tank players... Well, you're not going to get it with CC in the game. See, uh, it is the worst feeling to be a main tank um, that just has to stumble through a bunch of CC, uh, most notably Reinhardt. I believe that most people don't enjoy being CC'd. People get this little sudden burst of adrenaline when they CC somebody else, but... And, and, I, and I, I am one of the people that thinks that CC should be in the game. I do not think CC should be removed. In my opinion, I think C, all CC abilities should be on a long-ish cooldown. Longer than they currently are. I think a lot of these tweaks are going to be just good quality of life changes for the concept of, of crowd control abilities in Overwatch. What I can say I'd like for them to do, aside from the what I just said about making the uh, ability, uh, like, the time for them longer. Or maybe make them even more of skill shots than they already are. I don't know. I'm just hoping that they do 
adjust it to fit the struggling tank problem because DPS are fine. DPS, honestly, at this point, aside from Q times, should not have any problem or anything to complain about. And it's because of that mentality, because there's so many DPS players, because everyone wants to play DPS, that's why DPS queue times are so long. If you made support more fun to play, or tanks more fun to play, then you wouldn't have this issue. And how can you do that? Remove or adjust CC. I don't think you should remove it. I, I think that is absolutely terrible for this game. You'll let DPS run rampant, run roughshod. Tanks will run rampant and run roughshod. I mean... You cannot let that happen, but you need to make it feel better for those roles that you want people to play, like tank, specifically main tank. But it's it's a tough question. I don't really have the perfect answer of how to balance it, but, you know, could be worse. Could be worse, could be much better, um, and that's why I'm hoping they're going to be leaning in the direction of is making CC just better... T- Feels better to use and feels better to get hit with. I mean, it's never going to feel good. But lessen that helpless feeling that you get um, when you're a main tank trying to just, you know, move forward and then you get uh, shield bashed, uh, flash banged, uh, piled, like, you know, just all these, uh, or uh, Arissa halted, like, in the air, like, all these things getting hit on you one after another after another after another really wears on your patience. So I really hope that they make CC more fair and balanced. I guess that's really all I can say is more fair and balanced. Yeah, I, I know what you mean by that because even recently I was playing a game as main tank because nobody wants to play a tank at all. Less people want to play main tank like you said. And so I kind of got forced off roll a bit, a bit, and I was just getting booped and hammered and stunned left and right. That the only reason why I had 